Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hey, legendary human. Yes, I'm talking to you. Love the show? Why not joining hundreds of creatives already part of our collective for monthly masterminds, challenges, masterclasses, and so much more? We help creatives make a positive impact in the world with their message and their content. So give your creative work the visibility that it deserves. Find out more about how to get involved in the show notes of this episode. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing and share their stories by outstanding content. Hi team, Fab here, founder of Creative Impact and your host. And today I have with me the lovely, gorgeous, fantabulous Amy. Hi Amy, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am great. I am excited to have us back to chat together and to chat about something that I, I is really close to my heart, which is relationships between creatives and brands. It's like good positive partnerships and I know it's something that you believe in a lot too as well isn't it yeah definitely um working kind of on Instagram and with brands kind of behind the scenes I definitely want to work with someone who I feel I have a good relationship with someone who like you align your beliefs with it's really important and I think right now more than ever I think we are seeing really different and more engaging but also slightly a bit more um improvised i guess ways for brands and creatives to work together because in the current climate that we're in everybody's trying to change quickly and to find small ways to be on top of people's heads obviously appreciating that budgets are tighter mm-hmm. and uh, there's le- less resources in so many ways so i really have seen actually a lot of great collaborations coming more from a way of supporting each other's in creative ways and being open to discussion over instead something that was a bit more structured and rigid but again this is what I'm seeing I don't know if that's what you are experiencing too obviously with the things that you do with brands Mm, no I definitely agree it's all kind of how you can support each other and luckily some brands still do have good budgets to be able to do paid online campaigns and things but it's definitely a nicer way to support each other and think of exciting ways to kind of help everyone else as well it's not just about helping yourself and helping the brand but how we can help the nation I guess or even the world exactly exactly it's it's really about being able to be a kind of service and obviously amplify that message and trying to help people that need it the most and I think it's kind of nice because that works 
really well both ways mm-hmm. and also the creatives actually get opportunities to obviously create relationships so sometimes what I say is is not just about the long-term partnership that starts with a, a massive contract but sometimes it's just in the next couple of months maybe you can start relationships with people and nurture them so that it can turn into something longer term as well Mm, no I agree just simple messaging every now and then or just showing them support you just really know don't know where that can lead 100% and I find that's a lot of what you do also organically anyway it's not all about the paid collaborations and the work is also about obviously trying the new products to know what you like Mm -hmm. and what you don't like because otherwise it's not really authentic hashtag authentic isn't it Mm -hmm. no I definitely wouldn't wouldn't support something I don't like or something that doesn't align with my beliefs or just if it just doesn't sit well with me and I think you've got to learn what your where your limits lie and what you're happy to support and what you're not happy to support as well especially because like these days right now is a time where obviously a lot of people are resorting online for ideas inspiration support so realistically speaking obviously the reputation which is always important is now more important than ever we could almost argue Mm -hmm. yeah I agree there's so much out there at the moment that people do want to be able to trust you and believe in you and that's something that I think stands stands the test of time 100% I agree and this really nicely segues into something that I'm really passionate about which is our conversation with uh, Rob we met Rob actually at our summit in London this year didn't we Mm -hmm. yeah it's lovely to finally meet him in person he is such a bundle of joy and is even more joyful I'll tell you why guys and Amy because Mm -hmm. he came to the make an impact HQ from home um with uh foxy this is an old obviously all these interviews have been recorded way before um we have been you know distancing and obviously you know staying at home uh and at the time when he came he came with the little dog called foxy and she's adorable so you would hear us actually talking to foxy because she was going insane Uh, (laughs) (laughs) she was very bored at some point and she wanted attention um so that was really cute so he's a great personality and even the dog has great personality which is awesome um, but it was really fun to talk to Rob and from what we interacted with him in different ways actually in the last couple of months you really come across as somebody who has been really resourceful and also that tries to really work with the right people and has built his own business and profile in a way that really allows him to be flexible and it's something that I think we need to hear more than ever yeah definitely definitely he is he's definitely doing something he's onto something good <laughs> So guys, I hope you enjoyed this. We're going to slide into our lovely interview. And again, watch out for Foxy as well. And thank you so much, Amy. And guys, I would love to hear your thoughts. So as always, if you have any feedback, if you want to check out more, obviously look at the show notes, but also always get in touch with us on Instagram at Creative Impact Co. Thank you, Amy. And I'll speak to you very, very soon. Thank you. Bye. Well, hello, Robin Loxie. Hello, how are you doing? I was expecting Loxie to say something, but she's a very quiet and adorable Pomeranian, so she's not talking to us today. I was hoping she might help me out a little bit with the chat, but I'm not getting <laughs> yeah. you much. Hey, Loxie. Loxie, you're your, the second pup in, uh, on the podcast, so you know I'm really excited to have you both. <laughs> I can understand you being more excited to have her, to be fair. <laughs> mm. uh, thank you so much for making it all the way. That's all right. Um, it's too bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure and it's nice to talk to obviously I always love to talk to like 
creative people doing cool stuff but it's nice to talk to somebody who has such um you know an in-depth knowledge of actually how to work with people because obviously so many of us know how to work with maybe like a client a freelance thing or maybe just starting out with your content but actually you work a lot with brands in a very very intense manner i would like to say <laughs> um and, and it's cool because I think, again, you did it a lot by yourself. It was probably before all the platform started and yeah, all yeah. the marketplace. And yeah. so I think you've seen the good and the bad and the ugly when it comes to that. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, so I do mostly like food, fitness, lifestyle content on my page, Lean Student Chef. Um, and I've been doing it for probably three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And when I, well, obviously, I think probably like anyone, when I first started doing it, I was just putting content that I enjoyed doing um, onto a platform. And and people started sort of picking up on it and it grew. Um, but in terms of brands, yeah, it used to be so much more like a brand would email you and be like, are you interested in working with us on X, Y, and Z? And then obviously at first it'd be like, oh my God, a brand wants to work with me on something. That's crazy. <laughs> so, so I'd be like, almost certainly, yes. Um, but then like you said, the platforms have come out, like your tribes, Buzzle, um, struggling to think of any others right now, but there's heaps of them. Or like yours as well, but Health Progress Community, which is now... Creative impact. Creative impact. Boom. Boom. Name drop on the new brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that have like actually kind of solidified the whole process because it's it gives you a a bit of a basis of okay, how much should I be charging for what I'm doing here? Exactly. Um, which also kind of I've been lucky enough to a bit further along the line then have management that can kind of manage that side of things for mm-hmm. you, which makes it a lot easier because it's a lot easier someone else asking for more money for you than it is doing it yourself. Yeah, for negotiating sure. is always fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you can just chime in every now and again when you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. And then I've worked with literally probably hundreds of brands over the last few, three and a half years. So yeah, I've got some experience doing it now. Do you only uh, focus still on your gram? Is this kind of like, what, or I, I, what are you thinking? Especially <laughs> well, with the new decade now, you know, we just, just entered a new decade. So yeah, one yeah, yeah. Next steps. Well, my, uh, my, my like story is kind of a weird one. So <laughs> I went to, school in Kent, uh, so like southeast London basically. Um, and then I went to University of Nottingham, did a business degree at University of Nottingham. And then straight out of that, I went to drama school because I mm-hmm. wanted to be an actor. Um, and then went through that, uh, and that's when I started my Instagram. So my kind of focus was always, at, at the front was acting. So that's what I've always wanted to do. It's still what I, what I really want to do. I want to get more opportunities doing. But then off the back of that came sort of presenting and that sort of middle ground. Yeah. Um, which I've been lucky enough to do quite a lot kind of through my Instagram. So it sort of opened up that door, just done something with the BBC, which is amazing, which hopefully will lead to a bit more with the BBC and then you kind of never know what's going to happen off the back of that. But I've done quite a few presenting gigs recently that have sort of made me think that that's the direction I want to really push in um, in terms of building on my platform, which is my Instagram. Um, and like I've thought about doing YouTube, thought about doing even like podcasts, which I love because I love chatting. <laughs> so like, I'd happily do podcasts. That's exactly what you need to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I've thought about doing them. And then for me, I always kind of come back to, okay, what am I good at? What do I really enjoy doing? What do I want to develop most? Um, and I think unless you focus on that, it all just gets lost in the noise a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, because I think at the end of the day, the more 
spotlight you get for whichever reason, the more opportunities come your way because people yeah. notice you. So then it's kind of comes down to you to choose what you want to do or not. And then I think again, talking to other people as well, obviously you can follow the, the money for financial reasons and financial goals. But then when you get into the position where you can follow actually your trajectory and be like, this doesn't fit with who I want to be known as. Yeah. It's so much easier because you're not opening another avenue for people to ex- experience, which you know you don't like anyway, or maybe you don't enjoy as much. Yeah. You get stuck into having to do something else, which you know, for example, could be more profitable, but it still is not going to get you what you want to get. Yeah, and that's, and that's one of the big sort of tricky decisions that you have to make with the platform is that at the end of the day, all the content I create, I want to be something that my followers are, are looking at and being and gaining from. So like for me, things like saves on my posts, like, mean more to me probably than likes because i'm like okay that's actual useful content my followers going to be using hopefully again and again and again and again again. but if i'm working with some brands it'll be like okay does that really fit and it's trying to ignore that like okay this is how much money we're offering you to do it and be like okay just keep the blinkers (laughs) on ignore the money for now and think does it really fit with my brand and i was definitely guilty particularly 18 months ago or so of having like a bit of a period where i said yes to a few too many things which also kind of started to starve my creativity from it a bit. because it was like, I'm just kind of having to do what, what I've agreed I'm going to do now. Um, and then over a few months, it hit my engagement massively. Um, and it also hit my like, just kind of energy for it, which obviously, again, is like a self-fulfilling prophecy because then the less energy you have for it, the worse your engagement's going to be and the less your followers are getting out of it. And the less they're talking to their friends and the less followers you're getting and all of that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you, you kind of went, you kind of reinforced what I said. So thank mm. you for that. Because at the end of the day, as you said, it's just when you start going a bit too off track of where you know it's supposed to be or what you yeah. want to give your audience, everybody's going to notice. Not just you, as you say, your creativity. But as you said, also your audience started to react differently to your content because they probably felt that it wasn't what they were expecting or what they were in line with. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, on the back of this, I'm going to dive just a bit deeper into it because I had quite a few conversations about this. And actually on, um, you know, a membership, somebody was having a massive panic attack because the number of likes halved. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to a fellow marketer, obviously marketing is my background. Yeah. And we're saying that something that I've always advocated because I've never been um, married to any platform as one. Right. You know, realistically speaking, this could be the time right now to think about potentially diversifying or kind of like figuring out, as I said, not just what to do next in general, but also, you know, asking the question, which I'm asking you now. Yeah. If uh, Instagram was to shut down tomorrow, Mm -hmm. what would you think you would want to do or put your effort in, in order to still develop your personal brand? Because at the end of the day, that's what at the back of the Instagram, or whatever you're actually building. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what the odd thing is? My, my immediate response would be, my immediate response is Loxy should jump on the sofa. She's not allowed on there now. She's digging to get She's comfy. too adorable. I can't stop it. <laughs> She'll stay still there at least. <laughs> um, yeah, my immediate reaction would be TikTok because, like, I love TikTok and also, like, say. I do. So I'm an actor. I do stand up. Like, I love like making funny little skits. Like, I love doing that, but it doesn't really relate to my page, which is quite a tricky sort of gap that I'm slowly have been trying to bridge. <laughs> Lie down, Loxy. Oh, that was sake. the stare of like John Wayne when he's looking at yeah. you. Yeah, oh, unfortunately God. you can't see this, but Loxley's just trying to dig a hole into a leather sofa, which is unlikely to be successful. 
But also, she looks so angry right now. Now like, she's fuming because I've interrupted her. She knows. There we go. Down. She's lied down. That was adorable. Thank God. <laughs> Good girl. Um, TikTok. Yeah, sorry. So, TikTok, like, I love that, like, quick fire entertaining video stuff, um, which you 100% can do with food and can do not so much with fitness, really. I could do it with fitness, like, skits. So, you could do it in like, a comedy way, but I don't think it would really work for actual valuable creative content. Mm. But like, if you look at even Joe Wicks on Instagram, he grew from 15 second videos on Instagram. Like that's what, well, that's when his page kind of blew up. Um, and there's a reason for that because people have a, 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 an attention span that's kind of probably more and more limited now. Pretty much like goldfish. Yeah, literally like goldfish, myself included. Um, I just started a sentence earlier and completely lost track <laughs> of where I was going. Um, yeah, so TikTok would be my thing that I'd want to do more of. If I didn't have Instagram and it would be like, well, I might as well focus my energy on something else. Yeah. It would be TikTok. And it's kind of interesting because it is, I'm doing some research to write a very marketing speech article. Right. So very dry, but I yeah, love, yeah. it's one of the, the only few things that I love to do research yeah. on. Um, on it, kind of as a beginner, obviously for me to understand, uh, for me to obviously share with our people and also mm -hmm. for a publication that I'm writing for. Yeah. And it was really interesting because obviously you ignore it. It's that kind of thing. I always look at these things with a pinch of salt. I know when people were like on Snapchat, mainly because I had it once. I don't know if you ever downloaded Snapchat, but between the amount of data, the amount of actually, like it's very heavy app as well. Yeah. And I just couldn't. I was like, no, Snapchat is not for me. Yeah, so yeah. I just said no. Yeah. So when I saw TikTok at first, I was like, no, please don't tell me to go onto another Snapchat. But then I was like, okay, I'm just going to, as I was always do, I still download and have a look. And I was yeah. like, no, I can see how this can work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs yeah. to develop, which she has, obviously, yeah. by just, sheer amount of time to be honest and yeah. um, building on the instagram story element of short videos burst creative yeah yeah fun doesn't have to be necessarily as perfect no as that and that's yeah that's kind of what i love about it is that instagram didn't used to be as perfect as it is now it didn't used to be like but then i suppose in the same note like phones weren't as good exactly. so like it was harder to create perfect content and now if people want to and there's enough people out there that will put the time in to make content look absolutely stunning that it's like you have to keep up with that even if that's not necessarily your, like when I started putting food stuff on Instagram, like I definitely wasn't a, a food stylist or anything like that. Like nowhere near. I mean, I could cook nice food. That's what I could do. Um, and over the time, like I literally worked with brands where they're like, can you come in and do some food styling with our team? And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can, <laughs> but, but that's not my expertise. Even though I kind of, if it's kind of forced you or forced me anyway to, to learn how to do that, I suppose. Like, She's also a little guardian now. <laughs> yeah, she's now barking at no one. <laughs> not to, that's not scary. <laughs> a door, by the way. Just Sorry, in case. everyone. <laughs> it is a door. I'll grab it. I'm going to get her back. She's like, no, you're not going to get hold of me. I was going to save you. We're going to behave. Sorry, I have to just hold her with us. <laughs> might have a little apology to make. No? No, she's not apologizing. She's looking very sorry, though. I think she, she's being... <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes it fun yeah uh, so sorry the, i like the, what you're mentioning there and i think it's it's kind of interesting how it works both ways so at first you're maybe i'm good at something but you not so many others so there's an element of your expertise you bring it in and then something that you're just forced to learn because as you say things develop yeah yeah it's really, really. even like i said with you recording and probably in editing sound and that kind of thing I wouldn't have the foggiest clue how to do it. <laughs> I guess you probably just sat down and be like, right, I've got to work this out. And here we are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like a lot of the time when you, I think it's when you enjoy something, like if you enjoy really posting when you're posting and creating a content that you do, you like, 
if I want to, as you say, to resonate with the audience, I still need to make it so that the audience picks up on it and yeah. sees it, I yeah. think. Because yeah. that's what we always have to remember. Like, are you, did you start the actual page three and a half years ago? Yeah, I think so. About three and a half. Uh, actually, no. Actually, no. It'd be three years ago. Three years ago, yeah. We started just our page, so the profile. Yeah. Five years ago. Right, okay. Very different. Yeah. But, and I'm saying from five years ago, then obviously I didn't... Even that two-year gap between when you started and when I started, I can imagine. It's it was, very different. It was insane. And 90% of the people that were following us then, 90 probably, gone. They're really? not there anymore. Yeah, we, yeah. we had a little exercise going through. You just scroll for a long time. Yeah. Clicked on five, four out of five, we're no longer active users. You can oh, tell. really? You know, especially when they're like people I like, see. Example, so like early adopters and stuff. Yeah, like you, for example, that they created their own page, they started yeah. posting, and then since 2016, they stopped. Really? Because we were there in 2014, 2015. So yeah, yeah, I'd never thought about that. So, so you have to about think that. about the fact that I was talking to somebody else, like the amount of people that don't, you don't really delete your Instagram account. No, people don't. An old one, you just kind of let it go. It's yeah. fine. Like, and, yeah. and But it will count towards the way that Instagram is going to read your engagement and the and algorithms. Yeah. Yeah. Which is tricky. Which is tricky, which especially is tricky. when, but as you said, which again, I'm going to go back to now, obviously brands have brands. I think that then you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think mm. brands will assume the success of a campaign or a post based on what they know. And most times they go with what they think is right. So it's almost part of a two way job of educating them and be like, maybe if people save the post, or share it. Yeah, it's as good as if I get a million likes. Yeah, am I yeah, making exactly. sense? Completely. And and it's this odd sort of thing between there's there's so many different reasons as to why someone might like or not like actually physically click like on a post. A big one is like for me if if, if there's a human like face in it. So like your human nature to see it is like oh I like that because because there's someone in it and you kind of feel bad not liking not it. Yeah, Whereas yeah. if it's just food or if it's just I don't know something like a, a flowers let's say people are less inclined because there's no guilt of not liking it. There's no sort of like human nature of being involved with it. Um, so that does play a part. And, and there's just so many things like that that, are, that are, you just never know. Like it could be that people that are under the age of 20 are more likely to like things than people that are over the age of 40. I mean, I don't know. But there will be thousands of different reasons that are beyond just, okay, do they like that image? Are they inclined to like maybe buy from that brand or whatever as a result of that image if it is a, a sponsored post? Whereas, like you said, if people are saving things, there's no two ways about it. Like they're, they're wanting to engage with that piece of content again, which I think is the key thing, especially for brands like well, your background marketing. I've, I've got a digital marketing agency and remarketing to potential clients is the most effective way of getting their business by a country mile. It's like if I saw an advert on the TV for the first time, I probably wouldn't really notice it. Second time I'd notice it. Third time I might think, oh, I'll check that out if I go past it. Fourth time, I might actually go out and find the store. I don't know, but it's that kind of level of it needs to be again, 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 that people are going to see something for it to have any effect anyway. About five years ago, I think it was seven interactions average. You know, to get people to take action on any piece of content you create. Mm -hmm. That was five years ago. Seven, yeah. seven pieces of content. So seven interactions, whether it is obviously, for example, email, personal, uh, as in physical interaction, yeah. emails. And video, I think, yeah. make it a bit easier. So maybe like three to four. Yeah. Anything that is not as involved or is not as direct. Yeah. Probably yeah. now is ten. Probably because so, people are getting bombarded so much more now as well. Exactly. Yeah. So I yeah. definitely think you're hitting the nail on the head when it comes to that. And again, going back to our question related to the question, <laughs> would you say that then if you were if you were to uh, pitch back a brand that you love? Yeah. 
and they pitch you like, oh, we want to do one post yeah. only uh, on, um, because we want mass, max return of investment yeah. for these new products we're launching. Yeah. If you were to pitch them back and say, like, actually, if you want you know, me to help you out the best way, yeah. what would be a couple of things that you would tell them maybe that's what we should do? First thing would be I would never do one post really anymore, which we, which we used to always do. Like I guess you probably had the same. Like, I used to always be like one post. And even all the, all the platforms were geared towards one post. Now I almost certainly do at least two stories if they go along with a post. Because I need to explain why I'm doing the post and why I'm working with that brand and what I like about that brand. And I don't want to do that in a long, busy caption. Um, and then also, <laughs> I'd recommend doing more than one post in terms of getting maximum return on investment. I'd say work with less influencers or less content creators um, and give each one that you really have done your research on and think they're perfect for our brand, they're who you want to work with, give them like, I don't know, a three month period where you do a post a month and a few stories each month to actually have an impact on their followers. It's kind of funny you say that and I want to reiterate that, like having that kind of like drip thread content almost. Yeah. And it resonates with us actually because our tiny little platform um well again we just match brands and, and creatives and then they can work together yeah. one of the things that the developers did which i was kind of very happy they did it is they allowed us to create long-term relationship where you decide and agree on a number of contents and then you will suggest to the creative uh, when you want them to be posted so you can say this like for the next three months so this is how long we're going to work together and then every month around this time, I would like you to post. And then they can go back and say, actually, I'm going to post this day, yeah. which means you have a slightly longer term relationship. The reason why we created the platform is because that's what we facilitate people with anyway. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have the time or the energy to become an influencer marketing agency. It's not what I'm good at. Yeah. Or necessarily what you enjoy. I don't know. But... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So having a platform that allows us to do us was the best of both worlds. But in my head, I was like, in order to have something that I'm really proud of, I want to be at the forefront of having multiple interactions with the creatives mm-hmm. in a very easy way. So it's yeah, not like a case yeah. of you only have to do one post and then you have to do another campaign to do another post. Because as you say, the return of investment is minimal. Also the, the relationship management. That's yeah, that's the thing is it's like if if you're if I can go back to a brand, I was we were actually just talking about a piece of content I've just been doing. It was three posts over two months. And the first post was quite sort of prescriptive and it was very like, this is what we want. And as a creator, you're like okay, fine, I'll have, I'll have to do it like that. And then to be fair to the brand, they then turned around and went, okay, we've done that sort of first one, which is a bit of a test of the water for us. And, uh, and now like, we, we want probably more of your creative input. And I think you'd be forgiven, I think, as a brand for thinking, well, we don't want to go to the creator and be like, okay, so this is roughly the idea. What do you think? What do you want to do? Because then you're thinking, okay, we're being lazy and we're <laughs> trying to get them to do all the work. But then that's what that's what a creative job is and that's the part of the job that we enjoy what i enjoy anyway is being like okay this is the product how am i going to work with that into for me a recipe or how am i going to work it into a video or how am i going to work it like what 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 is the best way for me to show my audience how well i can use this product and how much it helps my life so hopefully how much it would help their their life Well, she just burps, by the way. Everybody. Oh, she burps. That's what I it was. So, yeah. Oh, my God, that was the most adorable burp I've ever heard in my life. It was like a squeal burp. If only everybody did it that way. Yeah, yeah. There will, <laughs> will be a more dignified place. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, uh, what you said there, I think, and again, this is a part of the conversation that we actually had before we went on, but I think it's worth having. Hmm. 
a lot of outside our members, our audience, the peeps that I work with on a daily basis, a lot of them don't want to be called influencers. And I'm kind of, obviously there are different reasons. As we said, the media definitely doesn't portray in a good way. But I also find that I take a lot of pride in my creativity and I have both visual and written on my shoot main mm-hmm. outlets. And I think you do the same. And I think if you are perceived as an influencer in the way where you would perceive it as somebody who endorses something, for the sake of endorsing and just takes a picture of something and says, buy it. Yeah. It demeans that creativity that actually you're putting into it, that kind of work. Yeah. So I think that's when, I don't know, obviously, because influencer marketing now is a type of marketing. So I don't think the name necessarily is going to go away. But I feel like on the side of the influencers, quotation marks, mm-hmm. we like to be called something that represents the work that we do. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Which again, has it has its own like, tricky <laughs> problems because some people like creating video content or would see themselves as a videographer that also does Instagram content or some people would see themselves as like a travel photographer whereas they're according to like stipulations of brands would probably be one of their travel influencers um so it is a tricky one and and, and unfortunately like I, I you, you probably found the same like there is a bit of a it's hard not to have a little bit of sort of shyness about saying to people that you're an influencer in speech inverted inverted commas um because people are like oh right okay you know like people's reaction is like that and that's kind of just the way it is so it's easy to say i'm a content creator but then that source also undersells kind of what you do because people are like oh okay what does that really mean i don't really know when it's like actually to be fair most people that got to a point where they can do it for their job have probably put a lot of work into it and and had a lot of success with it and had a lot of positive reaction to what they do so it's this weird thing where the word influencer has almost been taken on by people that have won big reality TV shows and done those sort of sponsored endorsed content for things that they probably don't even use really um, rather than people who actually have got a vested interest in their followers and their platform and know that they've spent years building it up so they don't want it to disappear just like that by just doing unnecessary pointless endorsements that don't actually mean anything. So at the end of the day you are tapping into your audience by using word of mouth marketing in a very smart way. If exactly. you really want to be cut and dry about it, that's yeah. literally how you are putting the creativity and the content you create into a way to for brands to tap into your platform. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. So yeah. you know that that is easy, but then it's as you say, how do you not again quotation marks betray your audience, your audience. That just yeah. as you say i think we mentioned yeah. it at the panel that we were on together yeah you don't want then your audience to be like not just this is not on brand but also this brand is definitely not something that they know you would talk about exactly and then also that they lose it bang your trust gone like that true and building that up is hard it's like in a relationship if if someone like cheats then building the trust back up takes years sometimes it doesn't really happen um it's not quite that extreme <laughs> but, um, but but it's it's a similar sort of concept and I kind of see it almost like it's your own TV show and people are tuning in every day to watch you. And if they're sort of stuck that you could do one thing that they think, oh, that's a bit off. I'm not really sure about that. And every now and again, I think people will also look at that and be like, fair enough. They've really done up some money and it's fair enough. Yeah, it's yeah, their yeah. job as much as I love following them. But if that happens a couple too many times, then the trust goes. And then whatever brand you're working with and whatever the content, people aren't going to be sold by it because they're going to think, well, even if he does use that, I don't know if I believe that he does anyway. So Exactly. And I think that's the thing is just feeling like there is a purpose for almost like 
I say everything and again, coming back to the marketing very cut and dry, mm. but everything you do at any content that you put out there, you don't put it out there for you, you put it out there for them. Yeah. Because that's completely. what they're wanting to get. Like yeah. any kind of audience for anyone, whether you're a brand, an influencer, a creative, a, a public figure, doesn't matter. Yeah. Realistically speaking, as much as you want, they're still putting out for them because they're thinking, what's in it for me about this? Yeah. And this is where I'm thinking literally about a post that uh, was out at the time of this recording though. Mm-hmm. And I just said, we should just said yes to it because I thought, well, our followers can actually use this. They were giving free samples of the product to anybody that uses right. the link. And I'm right. like, yes, that's something for baking. Why not? Yeah. If people want to try it and they want, I actually made a cake with this. So I know it works. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I felt it works with our audience, but because our audience is creatives, yeah. it's a very niche one. So again, we wouldn't necessarily have something that doesn't fit with that because if they cannot use it if they cannot make it for themselves it's, yeah it's pointless they're not consumers you know exactly. it's not like and a, everyone loses then the brand loses you lose it's just a complete waste of everyone's time so i guess understanding your audience is as important yeah for as sure everything else and i guess that also goes back to the brand side is that every single person's audience is different and everyone has known that audience for years and everyone kind of understands what well like the things that they understand i'm the same sometimes you'll put some content out that you think was great and it'll be like well, this didn't go down very well. I don't do you really look why. into why? Or like if something doesn't go well, obviously sometimes you cannot figure out, but yeah. do you at least try and figure out why? Oh, yeah, I'll always like it? look over it and be like, okay, what's a consistency between this bit of content that's done badly and another bit of content that's done badly, which is normally my best way of working it out because it's like, okay, I thought we might like that. Clearly they don't. And it's cool. You can kind of grow from that and don't do that again, basically. Um, and it's also a tricky one because you always want to be pushing your boundaries in terms of the content you're creating. You always want to create something that's a little bit different rather than like the same thing again, 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 again. Because if you do a post, let's say like I used to do like comparison posts, like body comparison posts. So it'd be like, this is me like sticking my tummy out and this is me not sticking my tummy yeah. out. And like, it's the same person and don't be too easily bought into the fact that people on Instagram are always going to post their best possible body photos. Um, and I could have done that again, 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 but it gets a bit like, okay, well, that's a message that I've, I'm giving, but I don't want that to sort of dominate my page. Yes. Um, so it means you want to create different content. Like I did a video the other day that I was like, cool, I'm pretty happy with this. A lot of work went into it. And it didn't go out that well, but because it was pushing that boundary too far, for sure. Because it needs to be, I think you want to surprise but not shock people with your content so that when they're, when they're looking at it, they're like, oh, that's, that's Rob. And that's the Rob that I know that's creating it. But they're not thinking, oh, I've seen Rob do that before. Which is a tricky balance. For sure. I like the, the fact that I know it sounds really obvious, but I like the fact they actually look into what works and what doesn't. Because mm. what I find a lot is that people don't really look into that. And then at some point, usually it's like a case of a lack of engagement or drop. Mm. And then you're like, oh, this doesn't work anymore. And every single time somebody raises that question, it's like, it must be the algorithm. Yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes it might be the case, but sometimes, but if you get the, into the practice of understanding what people love about your content and what they don't, yeah. it will help you. For sure, for sure. And and it's easy to blame the algorithm. Like, I've done it enough times, <laughs> that's four enough times. Like, But then when you realize that other people are still creating great content that's doing really well, it's not just the algorithm. There is the, there is the, the sort of part of the problem is the consistency of posting that Instagram kind of wants. Like that's if, true. If you're posting more than... People are going to see you more. Same if I, it's, easy, it's easier to sort of pre-run stories. If I do like 12, 14 stories a day, my views are normally around 3,000 constantly. If I do two in a day, my views will be around 1,500. Yeah. So that's the easiest way of proving it. But with creating like content for posts, unless you've got the time or like you're traveling so you can do photos every day and there's always an opportunity to do it, it is hard to do. And, and it, it, it's quite like 
a tricky balance to find because you don't want your whole life to be just dedicated to Instagram and keeping your Instagram going well. But on the same night, if you lose that part of your life, then it could have quite a big impact on it. So it is a tricky balance. How do you find that for yourself these days? To be honest, I only just, I just post content when I'm happy with it. Like if I thought oh, I want to do that and then I'll create it and it means I'll probably post three or four times a week. Still though, do you see that it still works for you though? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my engagement's lower than it used to be, for sure. Um, but I think that's also partly because people are less sort of inclined to like it anymore. I think people don't, don't people, I don't know anyone that gets the same engagement as they've always got on similar content. Um, and also partly now, obviously Instagram's rolling out, not seeing likes exactly. anyway. So like if, if, if people can't see I've liked something, then I think I'd be less inclined to like it. And I think that's part of it as well. I think it's just, to me, what makes me happy, obviously, not going again, I've been a couple of times going into mm. why Instagram does it. Because obviously, it's not just for this kindness of a business heart. There's yeah, also yeah. business element <laughs> no, into completely, that. Completely, yeah. But I think, if anything, it can be a really good way for again, collaborations of this kind of sponsorships and partnerships to have goals that feel more attainable. Let's say if the goal is to go and click through a link or to something that is a bit easier to, to, you to know, track, to track yeah. and also for you to push in different ways if you need yeah. to be creative, but just feel like, okay, I can work with this because Completely. I have other ways. But if you're only saying you have to get this amount of likes to make somebody happy, yeah. then you're creating such a level of anxiety around what you're putting out there. Obviously, exactly. for me, it's not as much because we do a few and we do them as I say in a way that's different kind of ROI tracking yeah, yeah but I can imagine for somebody who literally creates content and wants brands to be happy if that's all you're going to think about yeah yeah it's sorry because you can't control that can you as completely much? and it's and it's also like there's 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 also the element that some things that people do take longer than things other people do like if people have to create a video for each time and they have to edit it and they have to go somewhere to film it or and for me, if I have to write out a recipe, do all the maths behind it, because all my recipes cost less than two pounds, mm -hmm. and then cook it, check it. If it's not right, be like, well, I can't post that. Try and change the recipe to a different one. Like that's a day gone, no matter what. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it means I can't create a bit of content every single day, even if I spend every single day trying <laughs> to create content, which I don't like doing, really, because then it's not fun anymore. So it's weird. But then if I was traveling in South America, I could take a beautiful photo every day for sure, and 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 that's great. But it's just kind of, and it's obviously difficult because Instagram can't sort of lay out its stand in different ways for different people like it has to be a consistency across the platform but it can suit some kind of content more than it can suit others for sure when it comes to as we said kind of like where you would like to go next you know in the ideal world yeah <laughs> yeah in, in, a, in a closer like stance when it comes to like begin 2020 right this year yeah. as probably people are listening anyway yeah and uh, what would you say is the one goal that you're really trying to kind of like nail down if you had one my one goal would be probably to get a book out. Yeah, yeah. I really want to get a book out. Yeah. A recipe um, book? Yeah. Well, I want to do a recipe and fitness book. Mm -hmm. So basically, I want to, my whole like thing has always been to try and make a healthy lifestyle feel achievable for people, um, whether that's financially, whether that's time, whether that's just getting started with it and like actually feeling like you're capable of doing it. Um, so that's why like I do home workouts so you don't need a gym. I do bodyweight workouts so you don't need a gym. My recipes cost less than two pounds. They normally take less than half an hour. The workouts take less than 20 minutes. It's like all these things that combine to make like this perhaps a bit naive sort of <laughs> image slash goal I have that, that makes people think that the excuse isn't there anymore to be like, 
well, I haven't got time to go to the gym or I haven't got time to cook nice food mm. or I can't really afford it or which are all completely fair reasons that people don't even start sort of getting into a more healthy lifestyle. Um, and the biggest thing I've sort of got out of having a healthier lifestyle is that I feel better mentally. Yes. And, and it's a massive buzzword at the moment. And I think everyone's talking about mental health, but there's the link between mental and physical health is, is definitely sort of clear for all to see. Oh, um, and, and it's the same both ways. If, if you're feeling in a good space in your head, like you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go out and have a run today. You know, like it, it, it works both ways. But I think making those walls as easy to break down as possible is, is sort of the only way to make it feel achievable for people. So yeah, long story short, <laughs> a, a book that kind of pulls all that into one, really. Amazing. Well, love yeah. that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's going gonna, it's gonna to come into fruition. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. Uh, now the last question, or the hardest thing. Yeah. Of the okay. Ready? I got it. For everyone, it's the same. <laughs> so if you could have brunch with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Hmm. Aside from Loxy, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd choose those if I could have brunch with anyone dead or alive maybe Heath Ledger just because I'd love to just know like how his head was working and that's a very good thinking. Um, and then I watched there's a documentary on him a uh, Netflix one that's like about his oh, just that- his like his whole or life, like growing up, becoming an actor, and then like he did a lot of like filming himself. So he, did, he spent loads of times with the camera, and he'd go around filming things. And yeah, there's. I, I wonder what the stage was at which things kind of got just too much for him. And I, I really you know, love them. I, I watched, especially like um, what's it called? Candy was it the one? Yeah, and um, it, which was, was very intense. Yeah, and very dark and very, yeah, it's very niche yeah. by the way, guys. So and it's that not, was once he'd got like sort of found that side of which I think he always had because he kind of got cast as this like sort of fairy tale yeah. Hollywood Ten things I hate about you um, what was the thing where he played Ulrich von Lichtenstein you know A <laughs> uh, Knight's Tale yeah A Knight's Tale yeah which is, which is great but it's like this kid's movie basically um, and he, he always like would have had that like darker side that he wasn't kind of exploring and I don't know He's, and he was just an amazing actor did you so, like him in Joker? yeah I loved him what do you did think you? about um it's an old, I was actually Phoenix. talking about this the other day. It's, I it's mean, Wacken Phoenix is, is, is genius as well. I think they're, they're both genius in different ways. Heath Ledger's is more like this guy's sort of a classically crazy kind of psychopathic like Marvel character. Whereas the Joker is more of a real like this isn't, you don't think, because there's no Batman in it. So you, exactly. don't, so you don't need to have this sort of juxtaposition between Batman and this crazy guy who's trying to destroy the world. It's just more of a sort of story about schizophrenic who's crazy. Yeah, I think what I love, because again, I'm, I'm sorry guys, then we'll just <laughs> rein it in. <laughs> but it is a fascinating, again, I think when it comes to the storytelling of both, it's just interesting because I think they were really good. And people argue that also Jack Nicholson's Joker was really good. And I think that one was very caricaturized. And I liked yeah. that too, because yeah. it was all Batman was very much like more of a comic yeah, Batman yeah, yeah, and yeah. Else. yeah. It wasn't a Marvel wide thing like that. Yeah, completely. Something. And it used to be more like that. It was even much more of a comic strip film rather than a real life sort of Marvel film. And I think there's so much that can be learned when it comes to again, like as a writer myself, obviously I say just try and go and read some, you know, really, you know, classics if you can. Obviously, I have a literature degree, so yeah, I yeah, love yeah, reading yeah, classics. But I also have got right into reading classics. 
I, I, I love it, especially American ones like Jack Kerouac or like even Harper Lee. Like those like books are just so just eye opening to a world that I've never been anywhere near or experienced in any way, and just sort of makes you realise how different life is all around the world. I think, like, realistically speaking, if there's something that you're passionate about, a way to create something and share a message, mm. I find it fascinating to be able to, again, I went from the other way. I started with reading the literature and it taught me how to be a more interesting writer. But I think if you're a photographer, if you create content, why not looking at photographers like Anne Leverage or anybody else like yeah. that? Just play with this because obviously you are come from a um, creative background when it comes to your acting. And I yeah. think these things can teach you so much yeah and I, th- and I think everyone I mean, it's, it's this weird thing where everyone I, I'm the same like I'll, I'll listen to I don't know podcasts with famous actors that have made it as it were and they talk about like all their little things that they did to make it but then one of those is like go to go to go and see art like go and explore galleries go and explore museums go and see creative spaces outside of your own and try and learn from them um, but then also I think there's so many, there's such a myriad of factors that go into someone making it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. That like, yeah, I mean, that may be part of the reason they made it, but that may also be because they made it when they were 25. So they've got time to go and look at museums and they've got time to exactly. go to galleries and that's great. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's important for anyone to try and learn as much as you can. Same with traveling, you're learning about other people and, and it, it, I don't know, it just gives you, it gives, well, it gives me more of a sense of purpose, I suppose, in a way, because it's, it, it makes you realize it's sort of a bit bigger than, this London bubble, yeah, what, which what I let myself your, get into very easily. As you say, you widens your eyes, and as you said before, with the book as well, maybe you know, Jack Kerouac, it just yeah. makes sense, just kind of open up. Yeah, up. yeah, like on the road particularly is what I was thinking of. It's literally, you read it, and it's like, bloody hell. Some people's worlds are just so different, and like, there's not a tiny bit of crossover. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, sorry. That's just, such a, I we went on a little tangent. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Like, for the final yeah. one. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Lapsi. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Bye. Bobby Language. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. And thank you so much, Rob. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at creativeimpactco. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group.